This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald. Thank you for listening to this PowerCat podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode of the PowerCat podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast network. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com. We cover the Wildcats like no one else with our VIP customers enjoying one-of-a-kind coverage from our team of professional journalists. And sign up today for an annual subscription to GPC and grab a 30% discount on your first year. And now here's the PowerCat Podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat post-game podcast, presented by Caddyshack Golf, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the first ever PowerCat post-game podcast. We're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf where you can find exclusive K-State golf wear. Check out their complete collection exclusively at CaddyshackGolf.com. Caddyshack Golf, it's owned by K-Staters. I'm joined by Brian Hanley. I'm Tim Fitzgerald. Brian, I haven't told you this. Okay. We're going to get big boy-sized, really cool golf shirts. All right. That's, I need it. That, that, that's, that's your pay. I'll give you clothing. I'll give you clothing and buy you dinner when you come to town. That will work. I'll take it. But I, I will take it. <laughs> I'm telling you what, talking about this football team isn't going to be much work. I mean, this is going to be fun if they want to play this way. 49 to 14, Kansas State beats Nichols, a pretty darn good FCS team. And we know how dangerous FCS teams can be. And we look around the conference today and we see a bunch of teams having problems with FCS teams of maybe even a lesser stature than Nichols. But from the get go, K State jumped on Nichols, scoring drives, bang, 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 interception early in the game, 28 nothing before Nichols really knows what happens, and it probably should have been 35 nothing at halftime, uh, but a touchdown yep. was taken away. Brian Hanley, you played on really good K-State teams, 97-98. That kind of had a feeling of those days when you would take a decent opponent to open the season and just throttle them and set a tone early on. Absolutely. This was... It was was about as complete a first game that I have that I can remember, to be honest. Uh, both sides of the ball, uh, just playing lights out. It was, I mean, it was something to watch. It was something to behold. I was extremely, extremely impressed. A lot of fun. When we talked on the pregame podcast, we talked about this offense wanted to line up and and grind on up. opposing offenses and boy did they ever grind they ran the ball 58 times against Nichols Nichols only ran 41 plays in the game K-State ran the ball 58 times for a net of 361 yards of those 58 plays Brian only two were negative yardage plays for a total of negative three yards K-State averaged 6.2 yards per carry spread out over four different running backs and three different quarterbacks my friend, that is good, good sound football. 
I mean, that is, I'm, I'm telling you, man, it was, it, I mean, they just got it rolling. They got it going. They didn't stop. I mean, it was such a clean football game. You know, that's what made it great. It was such a clean football game. And we just beat them up physically. It wasn't just that we beat them up physically. We did exactly what we wanted, yeah. you know, whenever we wanted to, which is what we needed to do. It was just a really, really refreshing, you know, a lot of times you see with a new coach, you see a lot of penalties, you see a lot of mishandled snaps, false starts, things of that nature. There was zero of that, which was outstanding. I was very proud of the guys. Two penalties, no turnovers. That first quarter was a thing of beauty. K-State had the ball for 12 of the 15 minutes. They took the open kickoff, scored, got the turnover, scored, uh, and it was off to the races. Evaluate the play of that offensive line uh, from a guy who played it himself. It was like they'd been playing together for five, six years. I mean, they looked like a professional offensive line that had been playing together, that knew everybody's moves. They knew exactly what to – I mean, it was just a thing of beauty. I mean, they were very well coached, which is – I mean, it's not that they weren't coached very well before because they were, but they were very well coached. They were prepared. And, you know, unlike other first games of the season, we came out and ran stuff. And we just said, we're going to come out and run. We're going to run football plays. It's not that we threw everything at them, but we're going to run what we run, and we're going to run it well, and there's not going to be anything that you can do to stop it. Those offensive linemen were coming off the football, knocking guys back, which is what you want. They weren't playing finesse, trying to slide guys by. They were pushing people off the football, which is what we love to see. Yeah, they really were. As Chris Kleiman said in the postgame press conference, you know, it was it's hard to evaluate offensive play, offensive line play from the field. You really need to go back and look at the film and see who did what. But he said, I know this, at field level, that line of scrimmage was moving forward every snap. Yes, of the ball. it was. It, it was yes, impressive. It was. Uh, there are a lot of impressive stats in this game. And talk about the fact that Nichols only ran 41 plays in the game, but that's not really what's remarkable. What's incredible is 14 of those plays were on that last scoring drive against uh, the substitute defense so they ran 27 right. plays before that and seven of those were on the first half opening drive or excuse me second half opening drive in which they scored a touchdown so two scoring drives 21 plays the rest of the game they ran 20 plays from the line of scrimmage that's it's unbelievable that, that's that's old school defense that probably is overshadowed by offense uh, simply because the offense really stole the day. But here is the stat of the game, and you won't find this stat in the stat sheet. The stat of the game is this. On that opening drive, it lasted 12 plays. And, yeah, it was perpetuated. It was, you know, a personal foul penalty helped K-State keep the drive alive, but then they capitalized on it. On those 12 plays, every, the offensive line didn't change and the quarterback didn't change. So six of the positions had the same guys for every snap. The other five positions rotated through 14 different players. They used 20 players on the opening drive, and my friend, I've never heard of that. Never heard of it. And we didn't – there was no – missed the sign there wasn't false starts there wasn't hey we're calling three timeouts because we couldn't get the plays off there was we it was it was just a thing of beauty it looked like these guys have been playing under this coach for five years and everybody knew exactly what to do it was great i mean it couldn't as a k-state fan you could not have asked 
for a better opening half, a better opening game. I mean, this is exactly what you wanted. Exactly what you wanted. You couldn't ask for anything more. You couldn't have dreamt of anything better than this, literally. No, you you know you can say, hey, that second team defense gave up that drive. Hey, they shouldn't give up the drive in the start of the second half. But oh my gosh, that's getting nitpicky. They missed a field goal. Yeah. That 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 shouldn't have happened, honestly. But so right. it wasn't a perfect performance. But you were exactly right. You're getting awfully greedy if you're asking for more because you checked a lot of boxes. Chris, yeah, you did. Uh, K Staters have to be feeling. A giant sense of relief now that they've seen episode one of the Chris Kleiman story. Absolutely. The one thing that I took away, you know, I kind of had some boxes and things that I wanted to get checked and kind of what you mentioned, we checked them all. But the one thing that was at the top of my list was quarterback play. And I don't know if, I mean, obviously we've had great quarterbacks, but as an opening game, I don't know that I've seen a more, confident quarterback and he looked like a totally different guy which was outstanding looked like a totally different young man came out was accurate ran the football well it's not that these things that he couldn't do it's just we didn't see him so consistent all the time he just looked like a totally different quarterback and kind of what we talked about at the pregame if Skyler's going to do this this is exactly how he needs to play this is exactly what we needed him to do get off to a great start he did and if this is how he's going to play K-State's going to be a team to be reckoned with I'm telling you right now Skyler Thompson 16 of 22, zero interceptions, 212 yards passing, one touchdown, long of 38, ran the ball three times for 30 yards, including that one 17-yard touchdown run. You were right. He was in command from the get-go. If you want to complain about something, you could probably complain about drops from his receivers yeah. because I think he had four incompletions early in the game, earlier in the game, and all four were drops, including the That's Dalton right. shown touchdown, which I didn't think was yeah. a drop, but then when I saw it the one last time, I'm like, that ball did move before as he was rolling yeah. out of bounds. Um, right. I, that, that's when I hate replay. That's so nitpicky. I'm like, really? Nah. Yeah, but I was in awe of what Skyler did because Coach Kleiman said he was making checks, that he was reading defenses, and he understood the context of their new offense and what they wanted him to accomplish. I'm usually a guy who really believes in competition. Uh, yes. You know, you want you want two quarterbacks going at it because they make each other better. Or Skyler did not respond to that. And that would be that's easy right. to say, well, that's kind of a character flaw if you don't respond to that kind of competition. But I don't think it was the competition in hindsight. I think that it was the way the competition was managed. That yes, sir. Really, really got into him and probably into Alex Delton, who started today for TCU. Uh, yep. Free of that competition, clearly the number one, given the keys to the to the mansion, so to speak, by Chris Kleiman. I'm not just saying they let him run the offense. They put all their confidence in him, and he rewarded them, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And it's just what you said. It's not so much that guys are afraid of competition. It's just the way things were were done to where you didn't know what was next. And sometimes it's just, hey, let me know what's going on. And if I know what's going on, I'll respond to that. And he did. So, I I mean, this is his show. And he showed today that 
he's going to be the guy to take. Cause I'm not saying that he's going to play the perfect, the perfect game every game, but this is about as close to perfect as it gets. And he rewarded everybody. I'm, I'm proud of him. I'm, I'm really yeah. proud of, him. there's a lot of, a lot of K-State fans that are really excited after tonight's performance. Yeah. It's just one game, but boy, is it a relief to have one game look like that instead of what it has That's right. of recent years. And really that looked like an old school K-State team when Bill Snyder would come out and hop on teams and, and uh, maybe call it off in the third quarter, but would get way up. How about this? Eight guys carried the ball for the Cats. Eight guys caught the ball for the Cats. Three quarterbacks right. played, even though Skyler was the only one who threw. They dug into the roster quite a bit, aside from the fact that they're playing half the roster on the first drive. Uh, they right. really did get into a lot of guys, and they, they played their top four running backs. And this this is just amazing to me. James Gilbert led the way out of the 58 carries with 18 of them, and he gained 115 yards. Welcome to K-State. Yes. That, that, I asked him after the game, do you feel like your decision to leave Ball State and come here was – Everything was rewarded, and he goes, it's, it went pretty well. I don't know what I was expecting, but that's pretty good. Tyler Burns, the four-string guy, came in uh, late in the game and ran 10 times for 64 yards and looked really good. Jordan Brown ran it 11 times for 49. Harry Trotter, 10 for 50. I'm, I'm telling you what, it it really didn't matter who was in. The offensive nope. line was doing a job, and the guys just had to run the ball and read their blocks, and it – I'm all in. Running back by committee. Call call it good. I'm 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 all for it right now. <laughs> and usually not something that works out too well. But you know what? It was a thing of beauty. If it's going to work like this every week, then we got to be all in. Well, so I think the committee works pretty well when uh, Gilbert Trotter and Brown all get to see the see the field on the first drive, and the third guy of that group, Trotter, is the one who scores the touchdown on a nice run. Right. The committee feels pretty good. They're all involved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was – I've never even seen that before. I'll be honest. I mean, you don't really see that in the opening drive of the first game of the year. You don't see that many guys – you don't see three running backs carrying the ball like that. That's just not something that happens. And it was it was great to see. I mean, it was exciting. It was just different. I mean, to know yeah. everything – it was just a different feel. It's just a different feel tonight. Okay, let me get your analytical eye here. You watched an offense for the first time, uh, at least in terms of it being the K-State offense. This was really the same yeah. offense they ran at North Dakota State. But I'm one of those guys – well, I can watch an offense with your personnel all day, and it doesn't mean with the team I cover, the personnel is going to be the same one. It looked like the same one. Right. Uh, I was very intrigued by it. They did some things offensively with motion and shifting that were subtle things that were really beautiful. Point one, when they lined up the fullback as the tight end and the tight end as the fullback, and before the snap, they switched, switched and they shifted the entire defense, and the defense didn't have time to adjust. That's, That's simple but elegant in how they scheme that out. What yep. all did you see from this offense that really intrigued you? That it was just the the motions. It was the the way they used the different players, the different positions, different formations. Kind of what you mentioned, and how they switched from formation to formation. That was very. It's subtle, just what you said when they switch the 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 tight end from the fullback and they switch positions. I'm thinking, you know what? This is stuff that K State fans have never seen before, and this is going to be this is not stuff that the Big Twelve 
hasn't seen before. This is going to be some good stuff for K-State. Um, I, I just I, I liked that aspect of it. I just like the motion, the shifting. It's just a different way of doing things that I think is going to be more exciting. It's more of, I don't know if you want to call it this age offense or whatever the case may be, but it's a different offense that people don't see every day in the Big 12. This is going to be a very, very good thing for us. It's going to be a tough preparation. You've got one week to get yes. ready for Kansas State. They do this, they do that. They, they may not do this. They might do something entirely different. This is going to be a nightmare for coaches. Well, you can't. I mean, it's not professional football, so you don't have unlimited amount of time, things of that nature. You only have so much. You can only do so much. You can only prepare so much, and you can't prepare for all of it. And you know the guys are going to be doing different things week in and week out. And I think that's what fans should look forward to is that it's going to be different. And it's going to be different from a week-to-week basis. And they kind of threw a lot of stuff out there today for a lot of teams to prepare for. And you're just not going to be able to prepare for it all. Not to mention, you might have seen it last week. We may throw some things out there that you have never seen before. And we might be running our entire offense based on that. So that's what's got me excited. The way they manipulated defenses, run guys deep to pull linebackers or safeties out of the way, uh, and then, you know, Jack Stanine, his first time on the field as a Kansas State Wildcat, guy. the kid's a fire plug. He's 5'10", 240 as a fullback. Uh, right. And he doesn't look athletic, but he really is quite an athlete. His first snap of the of his career, he's wide open in the flat. I mean, he's yep. wide open, but Skyler throws it over the top of him because he's got another guy back there that is also open. They were moving their defenders around, and honestly, that reminded me of what Bill Snyder used to do and got away from that. He would scheme teams right. just to manipulate you around the field to open up parts of the field for him to use. Yeah, and then they did that all night, um, and it was it was a good thing to see to get back to, because uh, I remember us being doing those kind of things all the time, just by formations. We weren't a team that motioned a whole lot, but we would formation you to death and get you out of position just by our formation, and we would just run the backside of that and just bury you, or just run those crossing routes underneath and just run you out. I mean, we I remember it like it was yesterday. So it was really, really good to see us get back to that. Let's take a quick break right now on the Powercat postgame podcast brought to you by Caddyshack Golf. This is Tim Fitzgerald and our new football analyst, Brian Hanley, and we'll be right back. Stay locked in. The Powercat podcast will be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. 
You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. We're back on the post-game podcast. We're trying to find things to be critical of. Tim Fitzgerald, Brian Hanley. <laughs> we are failing miserably right now. Yes, uh, we are. The Powercat post-game podcast is sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. If you are coming to town for a game, head to Golf USA on Fort Rally Boulevard for your Caddyshack golf gear and other tailgate golf course needs. Caddyshack Golf, owned by K-Staters. If there's one thing I'm disappointed, I'm going to take a shot at someone right now. The, I, look, students, I know you've gotten in the habit of getting up and leaving at halftime because the first half was boring. Right. If you're going to have a really good football program again, and you potentially could have one, it may not be this year, but it could come, you need to stick around the whole game. I would guess a good third, if not not a you know a half, not quite half, of the student body got up and left at halftime. Now, come on, yeah. guys. I know it's 28 nothing, yeah. but it, it really felt like old-time K-State football, and then that happens. I'm like, eh, now let's just stick yeah. it out. You can, you can make it through a three-hour football game. But other than that. I mean, yeah. Other than that, you're right. You're right, Tim. It's, if we're going to be the kind of program that we want to go get back to, that can't happen. Yeah, exactly. But it was really a cool atmosphere. The new entrance was was kind of cool. Uh, yep. I don't know if you were able to see it on the ESPN Plus they broadcast. It. on TV. Yeah, it was it was it was interesting. Um, I think there's some things they you know might want to amp up in the future. But having a former player open the doors and bring out the team like Jordy Nelson did tonight, pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, they're, they're being Absolutely. very having Joe Hall in that building has helped them. I think I think they were always going to be uh, aware of K-State football past, if you want to say it that way. But Joe Hall right. has made them very aware. And let's get the old guys involved in it. And let's really tie the greatest days to this and and bridge that gap. And, and I'm real hopeful that's what exactly what happens. Yeah, Joe has been hitting everybody up, wanting everybody to come back, get everybody involved. And, you know, the feedback for a while, well, I shouldn't say for a while, not recently, but previously wasn't as good as what the feedback has been now. Because now it's one of us is in there. Right. One of us, not that one of us wasn't before, but one of the guys from yesteryear was in, is in the building, is in there. And, and if he's in there and we know Joe, you know, and a lot of guys know Joe and they trust Joe to know that, hey, you know what? This is different. Come on in. Be part of it. We're all going to be do this together. And that has got a lot of older guys excited. 
Well, for good reason. It's only one game, but it's certainly a good foundation for Kansas State football going forward. If there's one thing I'm, I, I want more information on is that defense. I saw some plays tonight that kind of worried me, where they got the, you know, their nose tackles bent back and they were able to run up the middle. Linebackers, I think, were out of spot once in a while. You can't do that in the Big 12. That will really gash you pretty good if that's that right. happens. So there's there's a lot more learning and growing, and they'll build off of this. Um, I, but I'm not worried about them being overconfident. I feel like the staff has them so well grounded that they're going to be in really good shape. And Bowling Green walks into town next Saturday morning. Yeah, I think um, you know the the one thing is the touchdown that they gave up, and I will just call it kind of what it is. It's kind of hey, blowout blues is what I like yeah. to call them. They got up. They, they were crushing them. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't do anything. So we just came out there and thought, uh, you know what? This game is over. And, you know, to Nichols' credit, they didn't lay down and came and took it right down our throat. And I think that woke the guys up a little bit thinking, you know, we got to keep playing. You know, we got to keep going. So there's a couple of things that were a little critical. You're right. Guys are out of position for, a, you know, out of position a little bit. But for the most part, you know, guys were doing their job. They were flying around and they were tackling. You know, we didn't have a ton of missed tackles, which was very, very good to see. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. They did a really good job with it, and coverage was exceptional. Yes, for the most part, they, you know, their, their quarterback made some really nice throws to get some of the completions they did, uh, which weren't a whole lot. I think he was uh, he was ten of eighteen, and Chase Forcade's a good quarterback, a senior who's been around yeah. the block a little bit. Uh, he had to make some tight window throws to get it in there a few times. Um, I, I, it struck me when they started the second half that they had run two plays on their opening possession, and this, of course, the second play was interception. AJ Parker just sitting down and covering read the quarterback and and broke on the ball was just standing there um was mad he didn't score but you know I, he didn't really have a chance i don't think it looked like right. in the second half they said we're going back to the script we didn't get to run the opening script let's run our opening script and get into it a little bit and and because it looked on script there it really looked like they had rehearsed that series of plays it did. It did. It absolutely did look like that, that they just decided, look, we're just going to go back to this um, and let's just do what we're going to do. Um, and we, again, the guys didn't respond well, but we were up and I think they just kind of thought, you know what, they're going to lay down. They didn't lay down. It kind of refocused us. Um, but those are kind of things that, which will get cleaned up because you kind of what you said in the big 12, you know, nobody's going to be, everybody's going to come every drive. Nobody's laying down on any possession. So we got to be ready for all of it. And we didn't get a good glimpse of special teams either. I mean, poor, uh, no. the punting unit never stepped on the field, uh, which right. is an old school problem. I, I remember that happening in the past where the, the poor punter just took the night off. Um, right. But one missed field goal. Uh, the return team, look, I, I like Phillip Brooks. I can see that he's explosive, but I felt like he missed a couple running avenues that had opened up for him. But that remains a question mark. You know, they were so good in every other area. Who cares that special teams was mundane for the most part? But they're going to need that, aren't they? Absolutely. Definitely going to need it. Uh, K-State's always been a team that had special teams. That was, special teams have been huge. So we're going to need it all three phases. Uh, the field goal, like you said, being missed was, you know, it, it's important. You know, it's it's important. Uh, punting unit, obviously, we didn't get to see it, kind of what you mentioned. But 
Um, you know, for K-State to be the program that we're going to be and what we've been, we need to have top-notch special teams. Not average, not good. Our special teams need to be top-notch to get us to where we weren't trying to go. Yeah, I mean, you're just not going to get consistently that upper echelon talent that some programs right. get, even, you know, Oklahoma and Texas, certainly in this conference, you know, they struggle against other programs that get even better talent. Uh, but I, I think there's even a tier in there of, you know, West Virginia has capability of out recruiting Kansas State because of where it sits and and uh, its reputation in the region that they're in. Uh, so Kansas right. State has to take every advantage possible. And, and what I saw from them is uh, while special teams is an area that we still wonder about, they put their players in remarkable positions to succeed in this game. They they Correct. they didn't ask their players to do things beyond their means and then set the table for them to be successful. My friend, that's really good coaching. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, because that's all you can ask for as a player is put me in a position where I'm going to succeed. You know what I do well. Allow me to go do that. And as a player, if you get that, and that's what you're able to do. That's all that you can add. That's all that you even want. And so it was a great, great thing to see. Great thing to see. I'm told the postgame locker room was a fun and festive place, uh, but it was different. The players were able to get up and speak to their teammates. Uh, and Coach Kleiman addressed the team briefly before going to do postgame radio and meeting with the media. Everything about everything today, other than the fact that the physical stadium's the same, felt different and yet oddly familiar like we had been there before. It was it was a very strange sensation that we've got rap music, first of all, playing over the speakers, uh, which was <laughs> unheard of for the most part. But, uh, you know, that uh, but it still felt like, yeah, this feels like K-State football. This feels like the K-State football we we cherished as, you know, fans cherished, people cherished. And then had just slipped away, and and it was a kind of a shell of itself, and it all came roaring back. Even though it's just one game, it was a fun one game. That's good. I mean, I, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Like I said, change is not always bad. You know, change can be good. Doesn't mean that you're disrespecting the 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 past. Doesn't no. mean that you're you're acting like the past didn't matter or anything like that. It's just sometimes it's good to have just a fresh start to just change some things around and get back to, you know, get back to good K-State football. That's all anybody wants. That's all everybody wants, right. Tim, is just for us to, to get back to the program that we know we can be and that we should be. That's all anybody wants. So fresh start. Like you said, I know it was just one game, but you know what? Hey, that's the only game we played is one game. Might as well be happy about it. Yep. K-State football, be tough, be efficient. Don't don't hurt yourself. They did all those things that were kind of the hallmarks Everything. of great any great team, but really certainly under Bill Snyder. One final topic Absolutely. before I let you go. K-State was favored by like 23 and a half. I proved once again why nobody should ever take betting advice from me because I said that was just <laughs> – that, that was outlandish. Uh, <laughs> would you have bet 23 and a half points – and and taking the cats. Absolutely not. No, no. Absolutely not. I was geared in. I was, you know, thinking this is going to be a four quarter game. I figured we'd kind of pull away late. Um, I thought we, you know, I, I just thought there would be miscues. 
I just thought, you know, you just don't see a first-year team, a first-year coach come out with no miscues. You just don't see that, Tim. And we had that tonight. So I just I felt like it would just be littered with false start penalties and miss for you know formations not being lined up. The guys were so prepared. And again, you just have to take it back to just excellent, excellent coaching. So yeah, there's no way in the world that I would take in the Cats at plus twenty three. I know I'm, I'm telling you with all the motion they have on offense, I think after their first, first down, they got the wrong personnel in and that was really their lone hiccup where they had to burn a timeout. Uh, And I'm like, Oh, here we go. But it didn't happen again. They have so many guys moving around personnel coming and going. They're splitting out tight ends to receivers and shifting tight ends into the backfield and throwing to fullbacks. It, it, uh, I'm I'm gonna just love watching this offense, learning this offense, and growing accustomed and and familiar with this offense because I think it's a really cool offense. I do too. I think it's just a it's a breath of fresh air. It's a really good offense. I think it's gonna fit the talent that we have, and I think it's gonna be able to bring in more talent and can bring an end to this offense, which is going to just take the offense to another level. I would agree. And I also look forward to the defense being able to step center stage at some point, some point soon. It might be at Mississippi state. Heck it might be next week with Bowling green. We'll see how that all plays out. But I did at the end of the night, learn a, a lesson I've learned many times before. Las Vegas knows a lot more than I know. (laughs) I think they knew with Chris Kleiman, the product was going to be pretty good because they knew exactly what he did at North Dakota State. It's unbelievable, Vegas. They know everything. They just know everything. There was they probably someone had a line on how long this podcast was would last. And if you bet the under, uh, you probably made it. Buddy, that's Brian Hanley. He's out of Frisco, Texas. He does his own great podcast called Let's Talk Ball with Big B. And he is Big B. My friend, I will talk to you next week when we uh, do another pregame podcast. I thought that went really well. And then we will uh, hopefully convene in uh, daylight hours following another K-State football victory next Saturday when the Cats take on Bowling Green at 11 a.m. at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you you much, Brian. This has been the Powercat Postgame Podcast brought to you by Caddyshack Golf. We will talk to you real soon. You've been listening to the Powercat Postgame Podcast presented by Caddyshack Golf. Powercat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.